Hey everyone, welcome back to the All of Us Let In podcast. I'm your co-host Edna. And I'm Soma. And we want to welcome you back. Hey, how's everyone doing? Okay, so for today, we have a cute surprise. We have actress, stand-up comedian, jack of all trades, Miss Sissy Lee in the house. Hey! Yeah, so this is Sissy Lee. Um, we've known each other since we were teenagers in high school, but now like she works in the industry too, so it's really cool. I wanted to have her on. Wait, and what industry? The industry, Hollywood industry. Okay, the Hollywood <laughs> industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I wanted to have you on so you can tell us about everything you have going on. And first, like we can start uh, how we met. Yeah. yeah. How we met. So it was way back then. I moved to Tustin when I was in sixth grade. Mm. Oh. Okay. Um, Where'd you live before that? I lived in Irvine. Oh, shit. I, I lived that. in Irvine with my family. And like this one, two, three, this four bedroom house with like 16 or 18 people. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, damn, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, so Tustin's a city in Orange County. Right? Yeah. And so I moved into a little apartment complex with my mother, my grandmother, my two uncles, my great aunt, and my dad. Dang. Wow. What was, what was that like? Yeah, it, yeah. it is. It, yeah. it, it, no, Latino it, vibes. It, it, very, it very much is. I lived, I lived in Section 8 housing. Uh-huh. And all of my neighbors were Mexican. Oh, dang. Like your whole life? My whole life. Well, it was also like a a strange time in my life because it's like you're you're like a preteen, right? You're 12, 13, 14. You're kind of like getting into your personality. Mm -hmm. And so like I'm like I'm I'm talking like my neighbors. Like it was just like... It was just very she was a Latina ratchet. Queen. It was just very. It was very ratchet. Every other yeah. word was a cuss word. Uh-huh. Um, but everyone else in my apartment complex lived like I did. It, yeah, it wasn't yeah. uncommon that there were like five people sharing a bedroom, yeah, or like the sure. mom and dad slept in the living room, mm-hmm. or and like just like kids like running, running around, around unattended without, shoes. without <laughs> shoes, just like okay, like come home for dinner, or like when the sun comes down, yeah. like it was. Just just it was just like that and I didn't realize that that had a name until I met like a white friend yeah and he says it's called being a latchkey kid oh shit did did you know that that has a name no No. so being a latchkey kid means that like you you the door is just always unlocked and the and your parents aren't there oh okay so it's like a certain like generation where the parents like felt that it was safe for their children to be home alone or that trust yeah. trusted them to like leave and come back and like well safely. it's not even like trusting too it's also like a lot of them were at work too yes exactly well so yeah it's, like, it's also a matter of function they have no choice too. yeah like just you're gonna stay home and you're gonna be good yeah 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 Oh shit! Those were the times where you would just be out, and then you would just come home when it got dark. I yeah. feel like kids don't do that anymore. Up. Well, I mean, they can't even do that either because you have a phone now, so now your parent can call no, you no, and know where yeah. the fuck you're at. No, like, parents would just stay home, freaking out, like, yeah, "Where's my kid? Yeah. Maybe they'll come home. Maybe they <laughs> yeah, don't." Like, or they come down, like, looking for you. Uh-huh. They go driving around the neighborhood looking oh for your God. ass. Yell at you, sissy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah, but um, we lived on opposite blocks of each other. Mm-hmm. You and Soma. Yeah, me oh, and yeah, Soma. Yeah. I'm like, wait. So we lived off of, <laughs> I lived off of the main road where the yeah. exit was. Mm-hmm. And then it was one more block. And then that was Soma's block. And so your apartment complex and my apartment yeah, complex shared they, a wall. They touched butts. So people yeah. would like <laughs> cross, hop over every mm-hmm. day. And no one would go around. No one would yeah. go around because the block was too long. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I remember those days. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but like, how did you guys interact? What was that well, first? Imp- we had, so we had class together. Like Sissy hung out with my brother, but I didn't know. So, but we had class mm-hmm. together. We had like an English honors class together. And when I first saw Sissy, I just thought she was like this little, like good girl. Cause she was, she would always raise her hand in class and she would be like, I got the answer to that. Or sometimes I would just blurt it because yeah. of ADD. So <laughs> I thought she was just like this like goody two shoes girl. And then I was like, that was my, during my stoner phase. So I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I just like, had a vis- a picture of her. Like, oh, she's like a good girl. Does her homework, whatever, right? This is how I viewed her. And then <laughs> one time I get home and I find her in my house, <laughs> turns up. She's <laughs> 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 true than a good one. And I was like, what the fuck? This is the girl from my class? <laughs> You're like, what are you on? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you do this? What? Yeah, I was like, my, like, my brain exploded, you know? So don't judge people, guys. No, like, <laughs> they always say it's the quiet, quiet ones. Yeah, you gotta look dude. after. I wasn't even quiet though. No, I was loud as fuck. She was just like a good girl. Like she was just like a, like you know. I got the. She was smart, really smart. You know, and like it was just wasn't necessarily trip. good though because I never did my homework. No, for sure. I mean, that was like the perception I had in my yeah. head. You know, like what I what I saw you. You know, you were just like you know raising hands in honors classes and everyone there usually like goody tushies in our classroom. So I was just like, okay, just another one of these kids. And yeah, so she was turned up. <laughs> In my house, <laughs> just showed up because you didn't. Our house was just like all the homies would come to my house. So then I would just see her, and I'm like, "What the heck?" And that's when I found out that she hung out with my brother. I specifically I like, remember that conversation too, because that was like the first time that we ever had like a heart to heart, like yeah. that we like really like opened up to each other and like really had like a deep conversation. Yeah. So I, I specifically remember that, and it was one of it was one of the first times that I had done ecstasy yeah when we okay. were talking yeah we didn't mention so I that remember. i didn't know you wanted to mention that i just said turns up but yeah okay now that you said that i can tell you guys that i found her ass chewing on a bottle cap in my house nobody had gum nobody had fucking gum no, i mean we've all like i feel like we've if you've turned up you've been there but i was just a trip scene this girl do that in my house but yeah those yeah. are good times yeah, so that's how, and then after that, like we were just homies in class and stuff. But yeah, I think that's like how we how we met. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she would always be at my house. Yeah, with my brother and everything. And then I practically lived at your house. Mm-hmm. She did. Yeah. they would come looking for her <laughs> at my house, which is earlier when I'm like sissy. Like that's literally what what happened. My family, my, gr- time, my grandmother, and my yeah, and they my would mom. just always come in my house. Like one time I was sleeping in my bed. <laughs> I was already sleeping in my bed. I think I was my boyfriend at the time. We were sleeping in my bed and all of a sudden I see this um, older Asian woman open my room door and say, sissy? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, <laughs> she's not here. She's like, oh, okay. And then she closed the door. She was like opening the other doors. I think she found, I don't know if she found you. I, I hope she found you. But She probably yeah. did. I don't remember. I was so, I was so turned yeah, all the time. Dude, yeah. And my house was a trap house. Your so. house is definitely a trap house. Yeah. And my, and my family wasn't the only one that would come over looking for their children. Yeah. <laughs> the other other parents, parents would, other parents cops would come by. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness, Huxley! Hi, you want to say hi? She has a really cute hairless hey, cat. Sh- that stuff is really expensive. You can't do that. Hold on a second, guys. Aw, no. he is a good boy, though. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I want a treat. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, she went to go. She has this really cute um, hairless cat. His name is Huxley, like Adox Huxley, the author. Uh, Brave New World and so and he's so cute and chubby and I just want to lick him and Edna here she's allergic to cats 
But uh, she doesn't have a problem with hairless cats, right? You haven't had any allergies? No, no I thought she was going to be sneezing. He's hypoallergenic. We have Kevin here behind the scenes, if you guys remember him from our two episodes episode ago. Six. My brother. Shout out, shout no, episode five. I don't even know. Shout out what? Yeah, step in. Step in. Come in. Sissy's giving Huxley a treat. I'm stepping in. Hey, how y'all doing? Okay, Sissy's back. Sissy's back. Introducing Sissy back in the house. Okay, so grandma's trap house, grandma picking, everyone coming to look for their kids at my house. Yeah. Well, that was because your house was an open house. Yeah, yeah. It was basically just you, your brothers, and my mom was at work. And your mom was. At work, so it's basically you and your brothers. And your older brother was kind of like he was chill. He was just like either in his room. Yeah, he just wasn't. He there. wasn't around. He wasn't so, really like. He wasn't like very like supervisiony. He wasn't no, like. He, he wasn't. was not a babysitter. No, he wasn't. <laughs> so we were just like we it, we had a trap house. Like people would like in the mornings. You wanted to blaze it. You come to my house and like it, you know we just had a lot of shit pop off. In the house. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun and we were safe and it was you fun. Know, a lot of people that got kicked out of homes or ran away like they yeah. would always come stay at our house. Your house is a safe haven. They, would, they would, can come to my house. You know. Yeah. But yeah, those are the days. Mm-hmm. When did you know that you wanted to like move to LA and start that? Because it's crazy. Like we both ended up over here and then we yeah. together. And, like it's, it's crazy. Well, it was. Uh, I don't know if I knew that I wanted to end up or like how did, in how LA. did it start? Yeah, I think did you always um, want to be in the industry. I, it's not that I always wanted to be in the industry. It's that um, Orange County felt so small. I felt like that there that all of the fun things that I wanted to do was in LA. Yeah, um, it is very small town. Yeah, I had a I had a fake ID when I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. I had like an ID that said I was over eighteen. Yeah, so I would go to like the eighteen and over clubs yeah. with your brother. Yeah, I know they're, they're <laughs> and, our, and our friend Victoria, the yeah. gay clubs. <laughs> And there was just other things that I liked doing. Like on Wednesdays, there was Low End Theory oh, yeah, at the that. airliner. Mm-hmm. So that was a thing that I always went to even before I moved out to L.A. Yeah. But how so did you guys know those events were going on over there? I was on I was on MySpace. Okay. I was on I was on MySpace. So I remember reading posts about like raves and stuff in L.A., like yeah. Ham on Everything and Low End Theory. And then when Facebook came out, too they yeah, would post so like events the flyers, on face, right? the flyers yeah i don't know how because promoters would there. promoters would add you on on facebook and yeah. send you an invites damn i forgot about that yeah i remember we used to go to that a lot too. Yeah. it was lit it was all sweaty i don't remember them sending room. like invites through facebook but i remember the like the text message chains that they would send yeah they ones. still do that now oh really yeah, yeah. like the afters or locations? yeah the afters Dang. Okay. And then yeah. like after after not wanting to be an OC anymore because they just felt so small time. Like when you're just like, fuck it, I'm just going to move to L.A. It wasn't. I think I knew that I needed to be out in L.A. because I, I was going to school at SMC already. Yeah. After high school. And I was a medical assistant at mm-hmm. a cosmetic dermatology office. So I was working as a medical assistant and going to school at SMC mm-hmm. and doing that commute back and yeah. forth from Orange County to LA. I was still pretty attached to my family. You know how close yeah, that's, me and my that's grandma was. Yeah, that's what I was, was. going to ask you. Because like, it's like that with like, I feel like it's a like a lot that with immigrant kids usually. Yeah. In that Latino household, it's like you're kind of feel guilty moving away sometimes yeah. because you have to. You feel like you need to take care of your family, you know, because one once ages, then the, the, 
it's up to yeah. us now to take care of them and just how usually it goes. Yeah. I think when I was younger, I didn't internalize it as that I was staying for my family. Yeah. I was just like, oh, well, it makes sense. Like my aunt's giving me like low rent yeah. and like I have a job out here and it's not a big deal for me to be driving back and forth to L.A. a couple days a week. It's like, yeah. it's fine because my idea was that I was going to take the bridge program from SMC to UCLA for nursing. Okay. So I was I was on my way to like do all my credits oh, to do wow. that but then my grandma died yeah and that like put me in like a very low dark place and i just i just like i totally like let how, myself how go. old were you when that happened my grandma died summer of 2013 so i was yeah. 20 years old and that then just like changed how you view the world right it's like i just going through death is like oh my god i feel you on i that. just felt i felt no need to be there anymore yeah. i i realized that like like my friends had already been moved like we're all on their way to moving to la like your brother was there yeah. my best friend claudia was already going to school out there and she mm -hmm. was already spending a lot of time there like almost on her way to like yeah. moving there or like she had just moved there with her boyfriend mm -hmm. and yeah and i and i just realized that like all of my friends were like not or the closest people to me were not around and the one person that i really loved was not around either mm -hmm. And so I felt I felt no connection to to stay. You had no reason to stay. That I'm, made your trans transition to the move easier. Yes, exactly. And so after she had passed away, I think like six months later, I I was already starting to look for jobs in mm -hmm. LA. I was I was looking for jobs to be a medical assistant still, but yeah. there was no part time jobs, and I still needed to go to school. I needed a part time job. Yeah, for sure. But I I ended up I ended up finding a part time job and really low rent at this house where it was just a bunch of girls living in there and like bunk beds and oh, we okay. all paid like yeah. three hundred bucks a month in rent and there's like three girls like sharing a room. It was yeah, there's crazy. a lot of those here mm -hmm. in L A. Like yeah. people that just want to move here first. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So it was like a lot of people that were like either from like not from California mm -hmm. or from the Midwest or they want to be like singers or yeah. models or this or that and they just like needed to be in the city yeah so i i lived in a house that was like that and yeah. i was i was the only one that wasn't pursuing yeah a career in the in the industry mm -hmm. at the time but then i got into a really bad car accident <laughs> oh is it the white car okay i remember that car that was a dope ass car yeah no not the white car it was um i had sold that car oh, that was okay. that was my mazda rx8 i had sold that car and i had bought like a toyota camry or something okay yeah but i got into a really bad car accident i like couldn't like stand for long periods of time anymore damn i think i remember that yeah and i had to take less classes so there was one semester that i only took a yoga class and a theater class just so i can have credits yeah but, but i couldn't sure. i couldn't pay attention because i was like on vicodin and stuff i was having nerve pain and like yeah. all this crazy shit and the uber was driving me home from class to my house yeah and we were having this long conversation about our lives and this this and that and at the end of the conversation i find out that he's an agent oh what yeah that's crazy <laughs> i like find an out fbi agent no, no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no, like um No, I know. <laughs> like uh yeah, like an agent for yeah. actors and stuff. And I was like, "Oh, like I thought about acting or going on auditions and stuff in my free time. I kind of have a lot of free time now. I don't know what to do with it, you know?" Yeah. And he looked back at me and he goes, "Oh, no. Yeah, you can do it." Oh shit. Wow. He's like he's like here's he's like here's my number. Um so call that's me. how it started. What? That's cool. Yeah, so I wasn't it was a total accident. And the first audition that he sent me on was a Dave and Buster's commercial, and, and I and I booked it. Holy smokes! And 
there was a few other like music videos and commercials that he sent me on and I booked it and then he is like you need to take acting classes I was like I don't need to take acting classes I'm I'm going yeah. to nur- I'm going to school for nursing like this is not like I'm not I'm not an actor I'm not gonna be an actor uh-huh. I'm like this is just something that I'm doing for fun like yeah nah like I'm not and then he's like my goal is for you to quit school you're Damn. gonna you're gonna quit school and you're gonna get in acting classes yeah. and if you're if you don't get in acting classes by the summer, I'm going to drop you oh, from shit. my list. And so I felt like forced. I was like, okay, I guess I got to take acting classes. Yeah. I didn't really take it seriously. I would show up late. I, w- I wouldn't learn my lines. I was just I was just kind of going through the motions. And Yeah, for sure. One day I went on an audition and it was for a, a show that was written and directed by Cameron Crowe. Mm-hmm. the guy that did almost famous oh okay yeah. yeah and and i booked it it was a little role it was opposite luke wilson and carlo gagino and even then i still wasn't convinced that i should be acting i was yeah. i was still i was still going to school for a little bit i yeah. i don't remember at what point i i quit school but i think i i still went to school for like another like year or two why do you think that like you weren't convinced like it just did it just seem like you did like you couldn't do it or were you like why weren't you convinced i just i would be in class and i didn't have the same passion as everyone else okay like i didn't i didn't want it like hard everyone enough. else I, it wasn't it wasn't as important to me it wasn't the, the stakes weren't as high yeah okay. you know and so like i kind of felt bad that like i was like, like you were taking up space for the people kind of like, like that like that wanted it like, i understand yeah because that, that's how i feel when i'm on yeah. set too because like people like know all the actors names and all the directors and, and what's they went on to school TV for this and, and, blah, and blah blah yeah, blah yeah. And like so yeah so then you kind of feel like oh shit i'm not like yeah. that about so, like, it yeah i i just saw that everybody else that wanted it so much more and it was so much more important and i didn't have that and i wasn't i wasn't sure i it was fine i liked it i didn't i didn't love it at that point yeah it was just something i was doing for fun and it killed time and mm-hmm. make some extra money make some extra yeah. money okay. and it was something different every day i you know i like the novelty of i don't I don't enjoy monotony. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy like the idea of waking up every single day and doing the same exact thing and like sitting in the same place. Like I just need like a like change like here or there. Yeah, yeah. And so acting was good and going yeah. to auditions was good was because I never knew every what was day's happen. different. Every, every day's day is different. different. I never knew who was going to be in the audition room, who I was going to meet, or yeah. what was going to happen in the room when I auditioned, or what's mm-hmm. going to happen on set. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't have the passion yet, and I and I didn't love it. And I think I was still struggling with like my with like my sense of self and who mm-hmm. I was and like what my worth was did or you like feel guilty like if you were leaving school you know like, I, to do to pursue this like it was just like I don't know if I felt guilty about leaving school because the only reason why I did it was so that my grandma would feel good yeah. that I had some sort of path for yeah. my future mm-hmm. you know and I and it was also like it wasn't difficult for me either because I have like pretty like photographic memory. No, so yeah, like you're, she's smart, guys. Like I was saying earlier. So it's, it smart. wasn't anything to me to like memorize like the parts of the body and yeah. like what it was called in Latin and like the way that the systems work. It was just it's just not it wasn't hard for me to memorize things. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is, yeah, which is good if you, if you want to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just kind of like a, like a path of least resistance towards something that was stable. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't that I felt guilty if I left nursing. It was that it was the unknown of if I put all my eggs in acting and it doesn't work out, 
Then, then what? Then what? Then I'm going to be like fucking like 30, 40 years yeah. old and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. and that. And like just you like, like a the way that you like spent, like the way that you spent out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You're looking for a more, more secure future. Yeah. And um, and I'm here and my, secu- my future is not that secure, but yeah. I'm making it happen. And yeah, it's not yeah, that yeah. bad. <laughs> I feel like you're happier in this path, though, because like I feel like you were meant to be in this industry just because to how you are you know you're like so you have so much energy you're like get along with a lot of people you're smart like you know i don't know if i could i feel like if you would have been like the nurse route i don't know if you would have been like super fulfilled just knowing like everything Mm -hmm. that you are capable of you know yeah i'm not i'm not sure i mean i i love the people that when i was working in the office i love the people that i was working with yeah for sure um, I knew that I didn't want to be in like hospice or anything or like yeah. the emergency room. I, I wanted to do cosmetic dermatology. I mm-hmm. wanted to be an RN and inject Botox into people's faces mm-hmm. and do lasers yeah. and shit and just do something really fucking easy and make money. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And I'm sure that it would have been fine for a while, but yeah, you're right. I do. I, I, I love what I do. Yeah. I, I love acting and I think that it's made me a better person and mm-hmm. it's made me more self-aware and in tune with myself and my emotions and the people around me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I would have this sort of like clarity or awareness if if I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy how it all like the car accident led to that and led to this. Like you know, it's just like yeah, it was just kind of yeah, like one. You're just pushed into that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like one thing, one domino effect after another. It's really weird. What is like works. a significant project that impacted your life? Probably the the latest one. That I just did that that you guys watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, soft and quiet. So it's by Beth. Soft Arruho. and quiet. So yeah. Amazon so recently Prime. she just starred soft. in um, a movie um, called Soft and Quiet. Right. Mm-hmm. You can get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So how was, do you want to tell us about your movie? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so the movie is called Soft and Quiet. I was offered the role. I didn't audition for it. Oh shit. Beth, the director and writer, she had remembered me because I had auditioned for her for a short film that she wrote while she was at school at AFI. And AFI is the American Film Institute. It's one of the best film mm-hmm. schools in the States, in LA. And it's kind of like, it's like, um, it's one of those film schools that when you are an up and coming actor, you want to have like an AFI short film on your reel mm-hmm. when you don't have any other big credits on your reel because they the the talent there is so good and yeah. the equipment and the cameras that they have are really good and so it's like the quality of work that you do is just really high level even though it's a student film. I had auditioned that for that for her years ago literally probably about three or four years before she offered me the role and she offered me the role. Whoa! so she remembered you? She offered she offered me the role in 2020. And we shot it in 2021. Dang. So she had remembered years. me. And I and I almost didn't remember her. But then I, when I read the name of the project, it was called I Want to Marry a Creative Jewish Girl. I had remembered what uh, the, the audition because I really, really wanted it. I remember walking out of AFI and just like laying on the pavement outside because I, wa- I wanted it so I wanted it so bad. And oh it was like a God. hard it was a hard audition. It was like an emotional audition. And I didn't get it. And but she had remembered me. She's like, I I had remembered the work that you had did for that audition. And I'm sorry that it it didn't work out and that um, you weren't fit. But I really think that I I want to give you this role. That's dope. Yeah. She's like, think about it, because obviously the the content of the film is is quite intense. Mm hmm. 
super intense. Yeah, it was also, really hard to watch. Your by the character way. is also like, dang, like that's a mm-hmm. looking at what, like what you had to do. It, it's a lot. It's like yeah, it's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, the the film is about a woman that lives in a small town, and she seems like your average. Yeah, your average everyday teacher Mm -hmm. and very sweet and beautiful and intelligent. And she she has a lot of hate in her heart and she covertly starts a KKK group Mm -hmm. and she gets these women to join for different reasons. And we all hear the rhetoric behind it, all Mm -hmm. the reasonings why people feel this way. And it's just kind of about what happens when this kind of rhetoric comes through and people believe it in a group setting and the dangers yeah. that can happen from that kind of rhetoric and mm-hmm. and the way that that sort of thinking and it's shot in real time it's mm-hmm. shot as a one take film so we shot the movie every day once a day for three or four days i don't even remember so it's like it's like shooting a moving play yeah kevin was telling me about it. i didn't even notice that until kevin mentioned it to me i was like oh shit yeah so there's no like cuts one consecutive yeah once once the movie once the movie started we went all the way through until the end Damn, that's intense no pauses that's how good the actors were yeah <laughs> no <laughs> my actors are takes. fucking phenomenal they're yeah. so good yeah you guys were so good yeah the acting yeah the acting was on point yeah the acting was on point i'm like i was looking at you i was like holy shit like she there's just like a moment in the film where she's like, I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but she's like has to do a lot with her body. And I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, how is she doing that? Like, yeah. it looks super real. So if you didn't get the point of the movie, the, a group of women started a KKK group and they a hate crime happens uh, with these two Asian sisters. And I'm one of the sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, baby. But the the craziest part about filming that yeah. was that we f- when we got there or as I forgot if it was that the day that we flew out there or if we had already been there, but as we were shooting it, the mass shooting in Atlanta happened. Which one was that one? The one with the Asian massage workers. Oh shit. So how did that like how did that affect like that day? So it was like I think everybody was kind of already feeling the the gravity of what the story meant because obviously during the beginning of the pandemic there was a lot of Asian hate crimes happening Mm -hmm. because of coronavirus and the rhetoric going around of of coronavirus and Asian people and how Asian people started it and spread it and blah 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 yeah um and I had a I was also feeling that as well and I I was living in Los Feliz at the time which was a very it's a very white neighborhood in LA it's very quiet and safe and affluent but I would go to the, the grocery store and I would I would feel the way that people were looking at me and like I would feel you would feel like the energy and I the, would feel the, the energy I would feel the energy in the eyes of like people not wanting to be near me and like Dang. the feeling of disgust when they saw me like Damn. disgust and fear yeah. and so it was very intense and so mm-hmm. I it, it had it had put a lot of fear into me that I had never felt before yeah like the feeling that I needed to protect myself in my home uh-huh. um and so that feeling was already there when we got there. But then when the shoot, when the shooting happened, it was just like everybody on set just felt the intensity. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so hard. And especially my my um, my co-stars, um, the ones that were the um, the alt-right women. Yeah, the alt-right women, uh-huh. the people, the people that had to play them. They 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 especially took it very hard when. Um, the news happened because it was it was very hard for them to mm-hmm. even though it was very hard for us to play those people that things happened to it was hard for them to dig down and find a piece of themselves to be able to play authentically somebody mm-hmm. that has that mis- 
that much hatred in them. Yeah. Yeah. As well. During that time too. Yeah. It was very intense. Mm -hmm. It was very, very intense, but it was also, we really, we really took care of each other Mm -hmm. and we were very supportive of each other. And, um, I think that experience was just everything about it was very special. The, the director, the writer, all the actors in it, the crew, the way that we shot it, the, the moment in time that it had happened in yeah. just felt like a perfect, like a perfect bubble for like the best work to come out mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. all of us. And, and you can see it in the acting. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not sure if I'll, I hope that I'll be able to do more work of, of that artistry and level but I, I, you I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it never happened again because it was so special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really special. No, I think yeah. I, I think it would happen. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was intense. It, when I was watching it, all when before they told me about it, I didn't know what it was about. They told me it was a scary movie. So I thought <laughs> I was gonna see we thought I was yeah. I, I, I hate scary movies. I don't I only watch like happy stuff. So when I was watching it, I literally thought it was going to be like a witch that was going to come or like, <laughs> well, ghost. Yeah, yeah, ghost. like I was like, fuck, like oh, demon yeah. shit. Yeah, that's oh. what we thought too. Like because the opening like, scene kind of looks spooky. I'm yeah, like, oh dang, she's like going to be like, oh well, because, oh, well, because Blumhouse bought it as well. Blumhouse bought the film. We premiered at South by Southwest. Blumhouse bought it like a week before. And so the beginning title card is a, is the Blumhouse title card. And it's like really fucking spooky and like a scary yeah, house so and like things floating so and I'm shit, like you know? So I'm like oh, she's going to be like a demon. She's going to be like <laughs> yeah. a... I'm and like, then, oh, that house is probably possessed. And then they shoot the scene of the church. So yeah, like, so I'm like, okay, oh shit, some scary shit's going to yeah. happen. I don't want to... Oh, God. But it was scary in a different sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, what the hell is going on? Where's the ghost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I was just like, oh, shit. Because oh I went into The KKK like, ghost? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. It's like a ghost with the fucking Yeah, I went into like not like knowing anything. I just know that one of our friends, like her best friend, Claudia, walked out during it, like during the premiere. So I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. must have been like she super th- she threw fucking up. scary. She walked out and threw up. Okay, yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I was picturing like you getting cut up into pieces or something. I was something. I was like, holy shit. But yeah, it was it was still intense. Just a different kind of intense, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but you guys should definitely watch it. Let us know what you think. Yeah, it's, um, it is intense. For me, it was... It was, it was heavy. It, yeah, it was, it was hard to watch just because like these are things that people are still dealing with nowadays. And I, it was just, I don't know, it was just hard. And then knowing like someone going through that in that film, it was... I don't know. Yeah, it's just I don't really watch like heavy stuff like that. So when I was watching it, I was like, oh, God, like it's like my my head hurt after. Right. Yeah. My head hurt after. (laughs) My head hurts, dude. Like, oh, my goodness. But yeah, dude. So it's a, yeah, it's the kind of movie that you, if you watch it once, it's fine. You don't ever have to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. it's intense. Yeah, but your acting was amazing. Yeah, you were dude. on point. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! Like, yeah. look at. I mean, you know, I don't want to ruin it for people, but I was just like, holy shit! Yeah. How are you doing that? It was that like how many takes did you have to do for that? We had three days of rehearsals and four days of shooting. So I got four takes. Oh, Most okay. of the movie is the third and the fourth day. Okay. Most yeah. of it, I think, is the third day and a little bit of the fourth. Yeah, I was like, yeah. holy shit, how is she fucking doing that? Yeah. Okay. Well, we the first day we were like all kind of fucking up because like the camera has to follow us everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a different way of shooting. Yeah, obviously. like it goes into the car, it goes out of the car. And like, so like, th- there's just some things that were like fucking up the first day. And then like, us actors, we didn't know how far to go. Like, everybody was kind of like hesitant, like, didn't yeah. want to like go there, like, really yeah. like go mm-hmm. there. And so, by the second and third day, we were just really like pushing each other, like, no, 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 you can do it. It's fine. We're safe. Like, just fucking go for it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would think it would be intense. I mean, you don't know the people and then you have to shoot this type of movie. I can see how people can hold back too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, yeah, when we did the rehearsals, it was it was that scene. Like the awkward, like... Uh, yeah, the yeah. fucked up scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. It was? When we were doing rehearsals, it was we practiced the fucked up scene the most. Oh shit! I mean, I would, I would, I mean, I would think so because it's super intense. But yeah, it was just a lot of physicality on everybody's part. Damn. And plus, like the RDP Greta, she's kind of like a character too because the way that she has to move through everything, like we have to like remember to like, okay, we can't be like when we're over here. Greta's gonna be moving the camera over here. Yeah. You know, so like she was also kind of like her own character. You have to flow and dance yeah. the camera if it's yeah. just following you the whole way. Especially yeah. getting in the car. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's crazy how you guys did that. That's intense. I don't even know how you would, you would have to just yeah. know where to go. I didn't even, I when I got there, I even forgot that that was the way that we were shooting it. Because she said, we're going to shoot it in real time. And so that didn't process in my head what that meant yeah. until we got there. And then I started to realize, oh no, we're shooting this without any cuts. And then all of us got scared. And then we were like trying to convince the director, like maybe you shouldn't shoot this as <laughs> yeah, a one take yeah. movie. Like, I'm not sure if that's a good idea. Yeah, dude, so it like, was scary. It was a really scary thing to do. So if someone fucked up, do you have to start all over? No, if somebody fucked up, we just kept on going. Oh shit. So then how did they just edit that? Keep the, the good first parts, day or? the first day that we fucked up, it was just it was such a bad fuck up we couldn't even save it. But the other days when some people would fuck up, like some people would like flub a line or miss a line, it was just the other actors just have to come in and and, and save it, you know? Oh, shit. Like if you if you if you fucked up a line, then I would just have to reword my lines for it to make sense so then holy moly you would be able to pick it back up yeah so you're like yeah. using like improv in yeah. it too you know yeah yeah Fuck, a lot of the movie a lot of the movie is improv i th- i would say that like at least like 70 or 80 percent is written and then 20 percent is improv just little chatter here and there yeah yeah Dang, yeah, the beginning of it, I got a glimpse of like sissy, high school sissy, where you're like, ah, talking back. So I'm like, oh, there she is. That's so funny. <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah. Really but watch the movie, guys. It's called Soft and Quiet. Amazon Prime. Amazon yeah. Prime, Apple TV, I think Voodoo. If you look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, it has all of the links to all the different places that you can watch it. Look yeah. it up. Let us know what you think. Go um, support. Yeah. Sissy, Not only everyone. support women filmmakers. Yes. Is women producers, women DP, women writer and director. Mm-hmm. Not only is she an actress, but she also does stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You How did you get in into that? that? Yeah. Tell us about that because I don't know this story. You don't know the story? I, don't I think so. God, what was happening? I. I was I was hitting like a wall with my acting. Mm-hmm. I had just joined SAG. Yeah. And so you know you know the difference between being a non-union yeah, actor yeah. and being a union so actor. So SAG right? is the actors union. Guys yeah. who that don't know. Yeah, but the thing is is that I was booking so many non-union things and yeah. I was making a decent amount of money doing it. But when I joined SAG, it felt like the yeah. opportunities were not as often the money yeah. wasn't there because when you're a non-union actor you get more work but then when you're in a union there's less jobs offerings to you yeah um yeah. yeah there's yeah there's less sag yeah there's less union work out there yeah um and so i felt like i was like i was trying so hard to do the acting thing yeah and it wasn't it wasn't fun going on auditions anymore because yeah. i wasn't booking anything and you were like desperate for i was it. yeah i was yeah. like desperate for it and like every like or like the things that I was like going out for, I didn't, 
I didn't fucking care about. I was like hot girl number three or oh like God. girl next door or like Asian high school sidekick or something like that, you know? And so I was just like, I was really, I was really hating acting and I just needed to do something else. And so I was just taking a bunch of classes. I, I was taking a screenwriting class. I was taking a satire writing class. Um, and, and I took a stand-up class. And the reason why I took the stand-up class was because one of the casting directors that kept on calling me in, her name is Leslie Wolf. Shout out Leslie. She's the fucking best. I had I was doing an audition for her. And after the audition, she goes, Do you do stand-up? And I'm like, No, I don't. She's like, You should do stand-up. You're really funny. She's like, here, she's like, here's my card. Another instance. Here's my card. I teach classes. And so I I took a class with her. And um, we had a graduation show at the Hollywood Improv off of Melrose. And I did a really wild set. I did a really wild set. I I was about polyamory and yeah, that's drugs. Yeah, that's the one that I went to. Yeah. yeah I, did I, that, yeah. I did that set in front of my whole entire fucking yeah. family. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a, it's a my family, funny ass my, They're such fucking, they're such fucking troopers. Yeah. They're such troopers for supporting me and all the, sh- all the crazy shit that I do and say. Yeah. yeah okay wow yeah. So like, it's it's crazy because it's like a totally different jump and it's like it's totally different challenges because stand-up is scary you know it's like and that's also another thing. yeah that's also another reason why i wanted to do it because i just wanted to do something that fucking scared me and yeah doing that made you feel terrified me because you were getting overacting at the moment so you needed like a thrill or something to yeah be excited something about. yeah i needed something to be yeah. excited about something to push me creatively and just like that scared the shit out of me yeah, that shit, to really know? push me. Yeah. You have to flow with the audience. And if they laugh, like, okay, I'm doing good. I'm doing yeah. good bomb. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. Cause I've actually been to, you know, stand up comedy where they're speaking and they're saying their, their jokes or whatever. And people are just like, uh, they're bombing, but that's a part of, that's a part of your experience. <laughs> that is too, definitely though. a part of the experience. I've like done that once. Yeah. I've, do- I've, d- I've bombed really, really hard ones. Um, I used to do shows at the comedy store on Friday nights mm-hmm. called um, the show called These Nuts with Vargas Mason. And um, God, I forgot the, the, the cougar comics name, but she's fucking hilarious. And I did. I was doing a set about abortion. Oh, shit. And like and like I I was doing this really weird, like heady joke about like, you know how when you're pregnant with a baby, you can like detect if it has like any defects oh, like, or yeah, autism like or this stuff. or that yeah. and then like you can like abort it yeah and so i was like doing a joke about like what if the doctor could test if your baby was gonna be a slut oh. <laughs> <laughs> why would you want a baby that was a slut you would just fucking abort that yeah. thing right <laughs> Thanks, and so i was doing this whole entire bit like pretending to be a doctor leaving a message for somebody that had like a sl- like a, like slut, a slut for a, a baby gene? like a, yeah like a genetic marker for being a the slut thought, the thought marker <laughs> the thought <laughs> marker exactly that and like all like it was a night where like everybody in the audience was not from LA oh, and they were like no. from the midwest like oh, older no. like white people and it was just <laughs> silent oh my god they were just staring at me like i was fucking insane and then i was like oh well i guess there's a lot of people here that don't support abortion (laughs) 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 all righty then and then i was just just, like trying to like save it and i wasn't saving it and i was like 
Okay, well, that's not being safe. Good night. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just going to skedaddle yeah, out I'm just going to get guys. off of this fucking stage right now. <laughs> right now. Bye. <laughs> it was so fucking awkward. Oh, my God. Oh, is that Google's trying to say hi? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's that so was, freaking funny, That was the, one of the worst. That was the, one of the worst bombs I've ever done <laughs> in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I think it's a funny yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, the, my, my booker, Vargas, yeah. was like, you should just do the stuff that works. Your other set is really good. <laughs> he's like, if you're, like, you're going to try to do something new, at least like go to an open mic or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't test new material here. Just do oh the stuff that works. <laughs> wow. Holy yeah. shit, dude. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are you still doing the stand-up? Or you're more focused on acting now? I haven't done stand-up since lockdown. Oh, you and should. Yeah. I really, really want to. I'm, She's I'm funny, dying. guys. The I'm, time I'm, that I went, you were like the, I feel like you were the one that got the most laughs the time really? that I went. Yeah, it was It, it was, was probably dope. a really good night. Yeah, it was, it was a good I night. I love it. I'm like, I'm obsessed with it. I would do it for free. I would do it all the fucking time. It's just, it's just a really hard thing to do. Yeah, because like, you have to like get your jokes, shape them up, try them out in places. I think it's just... How much Casey's in the Casey, back? Casey, Casey, Casey's just she wants to let some. She needs. She has some things to say. Huh, Casey, girl. Okay, she's done. <laughs> um, it's just a really hard thing to do, like going to multiple comedy clubs in a night, doing four in a night. You're out until yeah two, three, four in the morning. Like on a it's a rough weekday. life. It's right? a it's a really rough life, and yeah. then touring, and then going to bars and fucking butt fuck nowhere to do yeah. shows, and it's like I'm not built for that life. Mm-hmm. I'm really not built for that life. So I just do it for fun. Yeah. How, I'm my my goal is to get a couple shows in this year. I'm I'm writing a new set right now. Hell yeah. And um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. <laughs> you go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you go for it yeah. in your jokes. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a joke off the top of my my stand up is really narrative. Yeah, that's like, what I was telling her because I know I know wanted to ask you to say a joke too. I'm like I don't think you could do that to comedians. It's not no. like a, tell me a joke because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my stand up is very narrative based. It's very yeah, like I guess a whole it's, it's a story, story build up and it's like a yeah. whole yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Who's your favorite comedian? My favorite comedian right now. I'm thinking of Craig Robinson. Some he I've seen him do a show at the Dynasty Typewriter. That's like one of my favorite places to watch stand up right now. And his whole entire set is on a piano, and he sings songs on the piano. What? And he gets no. Is it from the office? Craig Robinson's from the office. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. And he Daryl does from the office. His guys. whole entire set is revolved around him playing the piano, oh, and I like, can see that. and it's very, it's like a lot of crowd work, and he gets the crowd to sing along with him, and like he what? changes the lyrics midway, and it's like, it's he's so fucking funny. I'm very into like, I'm very into comedians that are like, that just do things that are totally fucking no, nuts. For sure. I mean, I could see that him doing uh-huh. that, like Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. Yeah, episode. there's this other there's this other comedian that I really love that I that I saw at my um, friend's show. It's called Bug House and I forget her name, but her Instagram is called Places I Took a Shit in this year. <laughs> and just the like her tone is so funny and like deadpan and like she's just so weird and ridiculously funny. I've never seen anybody 
do a set like hers, but she's you should check her out. Her what shit was is, her name? I don't remember her name. Oh, okay. It's like her, but her Instagram is places I took it. Okay, can you look up her name? Because she definitely deserves a shout out. Yeah. Or places I took a shit in this year or last year. If you if you type in places I took a shit, it should pop up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be some person with Yes, Logan. Logan. Logan, she's so fucking funny. She's so weird. I, like I love it. I yeah. love comedy. I feel like that's that right now. That's the only place you could like still be funny and not get canceled in in the comedy world. <laughs> so she has an OnlyFans that says full disclosure. It's not what you think. Oh, and then she has her Facebook and it says Facebook. But honestly, I never check it. And then her last link is Venmo because why the fuck not? I'm just telling us what her her profile thing. Is. She has this her bit. Bio. She has this bit right now on her Instagram where she has um. Do you know what a soda stream is? Yeah. So you make your own soda for that. It goes that you don't know. So it just it just carbonates. It carbonates and then you things. put sla- the flavor and then you mix it. Yeah. So she's been soda streaming like the weirdest things like donuts, fucking like just the weirdest foods that Wait, you could she'll th- put it inside of it and then carbonate it. She'll just any food that you can think of. She'll just soda stream it and carbonate it and then eat and then eat it. Or have oh, her friend eat it. And then like the whole entire video is that. It's like, can this be soda stream? Does it taste good? It's fucking, it's what so fucking funny. And it's so like lo- like low like production value. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what like makes it funnier. What the heck? How would she do that? Is she just like, yeah. like I don't, tears I, it apart? I don't know. It? She puts it like in a plastic bag oh, or something. Okay. Or like in like a Pyrex thing. And yeah. then like turns okay, the soda stream I get on it, or what? I get it. I mean, like, or what? she puts it in the soda stream bottle. Yeah. She puts the food in the soda stream bottle and then turns it on, I think. What the heck? It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so check it out, guys. <laughs> Places I took a shit in this year or whatever. <laughs> you guys will put it in the... In the description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it down there. Yeah. And then she'll let us know whenever she's going to have a show. Oh, so yes. You guys oh, can yes. Come Obviously, yes. Repost me, please. Yes, yes. I'm gonna try. I'm going to try to do a show before the end of March. Okay, so that's your goal. Before the end of March. Before the end of March. Okay, so look out for that, guys. Yeah. We're going to post it so you guys yeah. can go watch her and support her. Yeah. We can all go together, too. It can be like, hey, we're going this day, too. Yeah, yeah that'd be dope. Hell yeah. I yeah, love that'd that. would be cute. What other projects do you currently work on or have you worked on? Um, the projects that I'm currently working on that I'm currently working on right now, I'm really excited about. Um, I met this writer and director at South by Southwest Mm. and he offered me a role for his film after watching Soft and Quiet. And it's a horror film. <gasps> okay, horror, horror, like this time. Like for a real? real, like a for real, for <laughs> okay. real, like a for real, for real horror. Holy moly! Damn, dude, you're just gonna make me watch oh. horror. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I only watch it for you, girl. Yeah. Um, but um, we're going to shoot it at the end of February in Oregon in oh, a cabin shit. in the mountains <laughs> while it's snowing. Holy and moly. so it'll be like another like really cool like on location Hell yeah. film, which is like another reason why I love Soft and Quiet, even though it's like a really like fucked up film. Story the location life. that we were in was just so beautiful. It was really yeah. quiet, had very small like town vibes. Mini and vacation vibes. Yeah. And I would wake up in the morning like with the sunrise and right and the food was so good and it was so quiet. It was yeah. beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. So. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to be out there. Hell yeah, that's um, dope. Yeah, 
I'm not. He hasn't announced it yet, so I can't tell you guys yeah, the yeah. name of it yet. But to when be announced. I can, to, to be, be announced. To be declared. Um, I'm working on another film with my friend Mike Harris, who's a very talented writer and director. Um, and it's a short film, um, just about these two fucked up people that meet at a bar and that are trying to connect. So it's it's a very simple film and. Um, it's a very interesting character. Oh, uh, that well, that sounds like something I would like. Yeah, watch. Right? Yeah, you could watch it. It's more of like it's kind of like a dark, fucked up yeah. romance. It's just these two Dope. people that have been really through horrible things, just talking oh, to each other cute. at a bar. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, when when is that? Um, we're supposed to shoot it in March, and so I don't know Dang, when he's gonna lot, finish it. Up months, you have a lot of stuff going. Yeah, on. there's a lot of things happening. I need to get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get that pussy popping. Yeah, down. I need to get that fucking pussy popping. Dang, yeah. that's dope. Hell yeah. yeah. Do you have anything that like you're working on personally? I have this. I have this pilot that I've been working on on and off for the last like five years that I really want to finish by the end of the year. So that's my that's my goal for the year is to get this. Um, whoops, to get this series this series pitch deck and this and this pilot finished and. Um, get some eyes on it from some friends for notes. So that's my goal for the end of the year. Hi, yeah, those Finish are really this pilot. good goals. You have a lot of work yeah. angles yeah. coming out. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. I know yeah. you also mentioned to us that you've worked on podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I used to... I was working for this app called Mindset App. They're still doing really great work. And it's basically like a, like a health and wellness mm-hmm. app. They interview like artists and musicians... And they come out with a, an audio collection of like eight or 12 episodes about their life, about their lifestyle, about the shit that they've been through. So it's kind of like an immersive audio autobiography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not really an audio book because they're not reading off of anything. Yeah. It's like you're interviewing them and then you cut it. So then it looks like they're just like talking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's a very immersive experience. It's like there's soundscapes and there's like, it sounds like they're in the forest and it's like, dope. or like when they're talking about a car, it sounds like they're in a car. Um, so I interviewed Julia Michaels. I don't know if you know who that is. She's like a pop star. Mm. Um, she's written a bunch of songs for like Selena Gomez and mm, maybe. Justin Bieber. She wrote, um, she wrote, sorry, Mm. for Justin Bieber. I think she wrote Hands to Myself and Lose You to Love Me for Selena Gomez and some other and Anxiety or something. Um and then she has this song called Issues. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um but she's a very very talented writer. She I think she's like on her way to getting like the the writer that has like the most like amount of like top tens on the billboard 100 or something like that it's something nuts but i i directed her podcast i edited it and i and i helped um write the story arc for the whole entire series and so that was like a big um oh i remember remember when you posted about that yeah Yeah. i remember that it was a big creative challenge because i never i never directed or edited anything in my life yeah so now you have like all these skills in your pocket yeah Mm -hmm. holy moly yeah would you ever would you ever get like into like singing and stuff like that? 
I love singing. I mean, yeah. obviously, like we've done karaoke yeah, yeah, night done together, karaoke but I don't. I'm not. Um, because your voice is like so. You have a big voice. You yeah. Know? I mean, like I would do it for fun, but I'm not sure if I would do it for a career. I don't yeah. think I'm. I don't think I'm meant for the touring life. You should at least. You should at least do one song in your life. Yeah, one song yeah. like Paris Hilton. Yeah, oh yes, my god, I would yes, love that. Just like moment. a one hit yes. like dance like yes, number. Yes, I, yeah. Yeah. Just so you can like dabble just, a little bit. Every just day. for the gays and the theys. Yes. Like a yes. gay anthem. Uh-huh. Fuck it up. <laughs> Dude, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. I would love that. Yeah. You have, I feel like your voice is so, it's so big. You have a big voice. Thank you. Know? you. Like, yeah. I like I can see you doing that or like dabbling in it. You yeah. Know? I could dabble. I could dabble here and there for sure. Yeah. I mean, you dabbled in comedy and yeah. you turned out great. Yeah. So. Thank you. Dabble, girl. Dabble. Gonna keep on dabbling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing about being in like the creative industry is that like you meet so many people that do so many things and it and it, and it inspires you mm-hmm. to not feel like that you just need Don't to do this one thing in. yeah to not box yourself in yeah yeah That's like really you dope. can always recreate yourself whenever you want i know every time i talk to her, i feel inspired like when you're, you're telling me she's like you should do this and like oh, fucking to see <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yeah <laughs> Everyone, I don't know if you guys ever get a chance to meet Sissy. She's exactly like this, like super positive. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say anything like bad about Sissy. She's like always super positive, <laughs> gleaming light, beautiful high energy. Child. Yeah, it's like oh, I love you. Sweet. I love you guys. But yeah, okay. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Okay, one more question. Oh yeah, where do you see? What are your goals in the next five years? Yes. Oh God, um, I'm turning 30 this year. And so in five years, in five years, I, I hope to have, I hope to be a legitimate working actor. I hope mm-hmm. that acting is like my main bread and butter income wise, that I have roles being offered to me, that people think of me when they write things that I either have done, I've either, either been a lead in a major feature film that's been in the theaters or a lead in a TV show, a comedy, hopefully a comedy. Mm. I really want to do comedy. Mm. I would love to do a sitcom, but I feel like that the, the technicalities behind doing a sitcom is kind of hard. So, well, hopefully my acting is good and is good enough to, to be on a sitcom and to keep up with people that are on sitcoms and to be on my way to make this fucking TV show that's been in my head happen. (laughs) What do you want to talk about that? What kind of, what kind of TV show is that? It's basically, it's, it's basically just about my life, about being like a daughter of immigrants moving to LA and that, and the life like being dropped into LA and like, just like the nightlife scene and the yeah. party scene and like the guys you meet and the girls you meet and yeah, like all I feel like the you have different a good, you have good stories to tell yeah all like the different all the layers of like what people's desires are like what they're going after when yeah. they're living in the city and like personally what that was like for me coming from a mm-hmm. small town in Orange County yeah <laughs> with immigrant parents to take care of you know That'd be super That's awesome. entertaining yeah. Yeah. yeah I can see that and then yeah. also like with comedy it's crazy because you want to get into comedy but like you're doing a lot of these serious roles and it's crazy because usually people do that backwards right like they start in comedy and then they want to get into serious Mm -hmm. roles but then they're not like taking like serious and then you're like doing it backwards I think yeah I think it's not necessarily backwards because um, I mean you're doing it differently you know but it's cool I mean I like that you're doing it like that because you're like starting like with the serious ones and then now you're like you know I want to do fucking comedy now (laughs) yeah I think um, I think actors that do comedy 
are the most skilled actors. Mm. Because like when you're an actor that does comedy, it's like you have to feel all the big emotions and you have to switch gears so fast Mm. between like laughing at something and then crying at something and it being believable. Yeah. Whereas acting and you do something that's like dramatic it's kind of you're staying it's in that more, headspace. You're staying in that headspace. It's more realistic. It's may maybe something that you've experienced before in okay. your real life. Mm-hmm. But comedy is kind of like you it's have to reaching. It. You're kind of reaching for this like space that is kind of absurd and you've never been through before, but you have to make it real. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's easy for um really good comedic comedic actors to go into drama and not for really good dramatic actors to go into comedy. Oh, okay. You never I see you never see it that. the opposite way. But here you are. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 We yeah. wish you all the luck Thank in your you. future and I all know. your I love you. positive I know. projects. You're gonna Thank get there you. for sure. Yeah. You're on your way there. I, I feel like I know like you're you're gonna it's gonna happen for you. Just yeah, like, for sure. You have like so much to offer the world, you know? Thank you. Good so and positive. Stay, stay tuned for all those upcoming projects that she has. Yes, guys. Stand up, everything. Yeah. We'll post it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And we want to thank you for being on our podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I love this. I love this. I love that you guys are doing this and keep on fucking trucking. Yeah. Hell yeah. Go for it. We're going to have an update on your life. The next episode is going to be of you being this like big movie star. Hell yeah. I know. You better better lock us in, girl. I know. Like you heard it. Exclusive. You heard it here first. Yeah. (laughs) The All the Slutton exclusive. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one. Bye. Bye.